Welcome to Ministers Talking Sh**, a weekly program where Rev Briz and Rev Z and their guests chat about current affairs, world events, spiritual principles, and any old sh** they want to talk about. Based on the new thought philosophy and ancient wisdoms, Ministers Talking Sh** shares a visionary perspective of the evolving spiral called spiritual living. Join us each week as we explore the emerging paradigm of life on planet Earth and beyond. And hello again, dear ones. Rev Briz with you here. And Rev Z over here. And we're a couple of ministers talking. <laughs> Today is episode number nine. And it's the second part of a two-part series. Rev and Elzia and I have been here chatting for a couple of hours now, it seems. Uh, because that's the way this conversation goes, folks. This is part two of It Ain't Black and White race relations in america and if you listen to our previous episode you know uh that this isn't this is a discussion this is a conversation that's got a lot of aspects it's got uh, just so it's it's like a, a carpet that is falling apart you pull on one string and the whole thing starts to pull apart everywhere we look there's another example of the systemic racism in America. Everywhere we look, there's another challenge in how we dismantle this uh, white privilege and systemic racism. And at the end of last week's episode, we had really gotten to that point where we challenged you to ask yourself, what is mine to do? Whether uh, you're a white ally, whether you're a person of color, what is yours to do in all of that? So we're going to kick off this week's episode uh, right here, right now. I'm uh, kicking it over to you, Reverend Elzia. Rev Z, what is it that you learned this week as far as what is yours to do in all this? I've, I've explored a couple of things of, of how, to, how to be involved and how to get some traction, if you will. And I think one thing that's mine to do and I think it's it's simple, and I think it, it can be used by a lot of people, is to start having some honest conversation about race, about what it means to be a black man in America, what it means to be a black man living in a white society and trying to, to compete, trying to make myself feel relevant, because though I think those are some great starting points to be able to talk to my white brothers and sisters to give them an inkling of what it's like to have to operate in that environment. There's this whole concept of code switching, of the ability to be able to switch languages or switch tones or body language and, and postures when you're in different environments because that that's what you need to do to either be heard or to be in survival mode so that you don't succumb to some unfortunate situation. Right. And so that's one thing is, is, is to begin to talk about it openly and honestly. And, 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 you know, we have to look at the people who we do that with. We don't want to incite anybody, but we do want to be honest and we want to take it to a point to where it's, where it's seen and felt and heard. And I think the other thing is to quite honestly just to begin to re-educate myself as a black man on the current race relations of today. I mean, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, 
Um, and so the race relations in the South during the 60s and 70s is a total different thing than they are right now. In, in the South, it was very stark and in my face. And I saw colored bathrooms and white bathrooms and water fountains and things like that. And that's not happening today. But there's a new way of expressing, you know, like for just one example, uh, the term urban in a lot of senses are now is now being used to indicate black. Mm. So, if, you know, and that's a kind of a code switching or code talk so that we don't say black or, or whatever, because that might not be acceptable. But if we say urban, now I can flex. Oh, well, we're just talking about inner city. But we know in a lot of inner cities, it's black and brown people that are in those urban areas. Right. And so I think that, that would be the second thing is to get, begin to re-educate myself and get involved in understanding that and then figure out a way to combat it, to speak to it, to, to write some articles or some opinions and, and participate in activities where there's an effort to bridge the divide so that we can realize if I'm bleeding and I need old positive blood, as long as it's good blood, I don't care if it comes from red, white, black, brown, yellow. As long as it's good old positive blood, I want to get it. And I'm not concerned with with the color of the skin of the person that's donating that blood. Yeah, I I hear you. It's uh it's it's a it's a journey. Uh, and for myself this week, all right, what I'm doing and what I'm committed to doing is uh, much the same thing: re-educate myself. And I've been digging into websites, and I want to share some of them with you folks. And and we'll leave these uh, we'll leave notes and. The show notes will leave links to all these sites for you as well. Uh, and because I don't have to figure out all this stuff. I right Again, we keep saying, I keep saying this. I'm a middle-aged white guy. I have white privilege as far as I can tell, right? As I, Not as far as I can tell, as far as I can see, because I know that it's been there since the very day I was born. And I know that I have been doing what I think can or what I believe I'm capable of since the time I've been introduced to this idea that, that this is real, since I've been introduced to this fact that I have this, uh, that I, this is mine to bear. And it's mine to be a part of the healing that's happening. I feel that. So, you know, I've been looking at a lot of websites, a lot of great uh, stuff out there, and a few that I just want to highlight. Uh, there's a great site, Guide to Total to uh sorry guide to allyship.com a guide to allyship how do you be an ally i can't go out there and protest and say that this uh that i have been oppressed and yet my heart aches for my brothers and sisters of color who have had to live under this their whole to their whole lives so a guide to being an ally is taking on the struggle as your own standing up even when you feel scared uh, transferring the benefit of your privilege to those who lack that privilege and acknowledging that while uh, I too feel the pain, the conversation isn't about me. This isn't about how white people feel better about what's happened to black people their entire lives. This is about acknowledging 
the, the this pain is real. And, you know, that leads me to this, the whole thing with Black Lives Matter and, and people, people immediately came back with, well, all lives matter. And, uh, you know, we know that. Of course they do. Absolutely. Every life is valuable. Every life brings a, a great something to this thing called life. But we seem to have lost track and lost sight of that truth. We seem to have lost sight of that truth, especially when it comes to our black brothers and sisters. We've got to get back to recognizing that as white folk, this ain't about us. But we have to be a part of the healing and we have to be a part of the change. We have to be models for others to say, I'm not going to stand for this either. So how to be an ally. Another great site, tolerance.org. Uh, toler teaching tolerance. Tolerance.org is another great app, uh, article there on how to be an ally. And that's what I'm going to encourage you to this week and throughout this episode and uh, moving forward on social media, on other programs. How do we become... How do I, especially as a, again, a middle-aged white guy with enough, uh, uh, all the privilege available, and how do I become an ally to, to my brothers and sisters that are in most need of being recognized right now, is what I'm saying. Thanks for listening, Z. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, you know, and I think there's so many... You know, one thing we were talking about before, you know, if we're looking at a circle, there's 360 degrees. There's 360 points of entry into that circle. And that's what we're faced with now in that we are a, a holistic community. Everything has a place and part. It's like as a physical human being, there are parts I don't want to sacrifice my heart or my lungs or my kidneys, because the whole body needs those things to work. Now, yes, of course, we know we can do without some of those, but we know when that happens, we're putting stress and strain on other parts of the body. And so I'm using that metaphor to say there's so many ways that we can begin to systematically unravel this whole idea of racism and privilege and disadvantage and and uh, you know, someone is naturally more whatever than somebody else. You know, I think we have to begin ultimately to move outside of our comfort zone. That's both black, white, brown, yellow, and indifferent. We have to move beyond our uh, unconscious bias because we all have them and and begin to try to meet people where they are. You know, one thing I tried to do with my children, my younger children, is I tried not to pass on my prejudices to them because they grew up in a totally different world than I did. They saw things and see things differently than I did as a kid. And so I tried to educate them as to who they were and who their people were and, and some of the things that we had to encounter or endure, if you will, but I tried to do it in a more objective way so they could make their own opinions and live by their own experiences. And that's what we have to begin to do now, I think, more of 
uh, with with our white brothers and sisters or anybody who wants to be a part of this remake of the world is explain ourselves, but not try to make them operate from our point of reference. Right. Yes, exactly. Teaching our kids our own biases, our own prejudices just perpetuates the problem. Yes. Man, I applaud you on that uh, in a big way because, and you know, I trust that the majority of the people listening to this program are right on board with you, right? I don't want to do that to my kids and I want to give them the up. And it's, it's very tough to do when we're learning as we go. So, you know, folks, everyone listening, we encourage you to be gentle with yourself in this time as we tread through these waters because whether we're learning about this for the first time or at like El, reverend elzia said going back and learning again learning what's contemporary what's uh what's the most important information right now no matter where we are on the journey be gentle with yourself because we're all learning we're all stumbling around in the dark bumping into each other and trying to figure out, well, what can I do to be part of the solution? Uh, and I and I encourage us, don't look, you know, it's there is power in information, but I can get way too lost looking backwards to try to find the sort, where it started, who was wrong, where the mistake was made, when we, and the truth is I can't go back and correct it anyway. Even if I could put my finger on a moment in time when America decided, you know, it, it doesn't work that way. We know that. So focus on where we're moving to. What is the vision of, of you know, we're, we're both uh, CSL people, right? We throw around that idea of a world that works for everyone quite a bit. Yes. Some would push back on that statement. <laughs> most definitely <laughs> because uh, yeah no go ahead go ahead well, i was just gonna say how are we creating a world that works for everyone if everyone doesn't have an equal voice in that creation right and 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 the second part of that is how can we have a world that works for everyone if everybody thinks they're always right or it always has to be looked at from my perspective or done my way. At some point, we all have to begin to realize, recognize, and acknowledge that we all have our blind spots. And so, you know, we begin to recognize that and be able to speak truthfully and humbly and ready for more information so I get a better perspective of this 360 degree circle so that we begin to know how we are exposed and what can be done to fortify that, to make a world that works for everyone. We still have a lot of work to do, folks. <laughs> we still have work to do. However, that's the good news. Yes. That is the good news because we are here and we are having these conversations. Uh, what I just flashed into, right, was 50 years ago, Z, there's no way in the world you'd find a white guy and a black guy 
share in a program such as this. No. Now, granted, folks, 50 years ago, the only option would have been regular terrestrial radio. There were no podcasts. We didn't have the ability to be in different locations and record this. But regardless, 50 years ago, nobody would ever have entertained the concept that that you and I are both human enough to have an intelligent conversation together. You know, it's interesting because 50 years ago, there were states where blacks and whites could not date or marry. And so, you know, that was not that long ago. Right. And in some states, I mean, those laws have just been rescinded, if I'm not mistaken, within the last 10, 15 years, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And so if we in this modern day and age can still have those type of laws on the books, um, that means we still have a long way to go. Yep. And perhaps that's, you know, I, I'm hit, getting that hit, and I trust that there's somebody listening to this broadcast that is saying, wait a minute, I can do something about that. I work in a state government. I can make sure that our state's up, up to date on this. And that can be how simple it is, folks. What is yours to do? What is mine to do? Does not have to be change everything all at once. And the truth is, none of us, none of us are here to just, uh, you know, again, we said this last week, wave a magic wand and make it all disappear and make it all ponies and puppy dogs and unicorns. But we each have the ability and the power to change what we can change. To drop a comment on on a Facebook thread that says, I find this racist and offensive and I don't believe this is true any longer. And I'm working to dismantle this belief system. I'm working to affirm a justice system that works for everyone. I'm working to affirm and perhaps build a law enforcement system that works for everyone, an education system that works for everyone, a social services system that works for everyone. No exceptions. And like you said, we take one, you know, the, all the proverbials, how do you eat an elephant? One step, one bite at a time. And, and you know, by the yard is hard, but inch by inch, anything's a cinch. I mean, we have all these these sayings to give us guidelines of how to approach these big problems. They won't happen overnight, but we just start where we are and we go inch by inch. And pretty soon I can take six inches and pretty soon I can take a yard and then we're off to the races and we're making progress and things are changing. And that's what's needed. Every, you know, it's easy for us to look at this problem and say, oh, man, it's too big. I, you know, I don't have a place in it. I can't see how it's done. I have nothing to contribute. But it's just those little steps. It's those little steps, those little conceding a little bit to hear a little bit more, to give a little bit more. And before you know it, things happen. You know, I love the metaphors of a garden. You plant the seed. You just take care of it. You don't know exactly when it's going to germinate and pop up, but you have faith. And that's what we know. Last time we talked about faith without works are dead. If I plant the seed and I don't do the work and I have 
to water it and to weed it and to make sure it's in a good place to get sunlight, those little things eventually, the plant will come up and it'll almost begin to take care of itself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, I'm sitting here listening to you, Z, and thinking, in theory, this is really simple. We we have we know we have the ability, we know we have the wherewithal, the power, the intelligence, the wisdom, we know we have access to the resources. So there's got to be something more to learn. Um, there's got to be, uh, and, and I think it is the inch by inch, helping one person at a time to awaken to the spiritual magnificence of everybody around them, to awaken to this deeper sense of oneness and connection to recognize that regardless of color, there, there is richness in color. Us white folks, we are the absence of color. Uh, we're as bland as it gets sometimes. And I'm sure we'll get a few comments about that statement. But I've come to this question a couple times, right? I'm a, I, I like to get educated. I like to read. I like to, to dig into to the information. And so... Point me in the right direction, my man. Where do I start? What what books do I go by? What classes do I sign up for? How? What's your perspective on the, the best way for me to go get involved? I think, you know, there's one book right now that sticks out. It's called The New Jim Crow. Uh, and, and I think it's an excellent book because if if you know a little bit about uh, about the history and, and African-American history in the country after, after slavery, they had reconstruction. And during that period, uh, we had blacks in Congress and landowners and all types of progress that were in place to help even the playing field. And then Jim Crow came in and Jim Crow was in some cases worse than slavery. And so now they have this new book about the new Jim Crow and, and all of the roadblocks and all of the obstacles that are put in front of black and people of color, but primarily black people, in how to get an equal footing in society. Right. So that's a good there's there's another place. Uh, it's a website and, it, and it's easy to get to. It's called uh, come-together.org. Uh, and it and its and its whole purpose is understanding racism, working for justice, and building connections. And that's what we have to do. We have to build these bridges and connect, because as we said before, if we're on the Titanic and it's going down, everybody's going down. Right. Uh, you said something really important in there that I I really want everybody to. I want to make sure everybody hears, especially my white friends the black and colored folks of our, of our, and people of color, excuse me, in our country have had to fight from the day they were born in an attempt to get equal footing. Now, if you can understand that you understand white privilege, because from the day I was born, there was no question that I could go to college. If I so desire, there was no question that I could get a good job. There was no question of my safety or security. There was no question of my upward no mobility. There was no question that I could achieve the American dream. And for their entire lives, our black and, and people of color, we are all 
they have all been under this thumb that says, yeah, that American dream's not for you. You weren't born into it. You don't have it. Right. They, they were just saying, sorry, they were just saying that always that 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 I grew up with, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of blacks grew up with, and that was you have to be twice as good to to be considered equal in any situation. So there was always this thing, I gotta work extra hard because if I come up against someone who's who's an average person, for me to even be in the arena with them, I have to be twice as good just to come in at that level. And that's what we're here to change, folks. That's what we're here to change. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm sorry, I think we can do it too, you know. We have enough vested interests of ourselves, of our children and the future world that we leave for our kids and our grandkids so that in another 50 to 100 years, we're not we're not dealing with this kind of stuff of human worth and human capital and what a person has to contribute to society and how we take care of those for whatever reason who may not have had a fair shake and make it work for everyone. Mm. I just had this flash forward to uh, your grandkids and my grandkids sitting around on a podcast or whatever they're doing at that time of, in 50 years talking about you know, the, the great awakening that happened in 2020. Yes. Because I've said this before, folks, I believe we are in the season season of awakening right now. And as a human race, we are awakening to all the places and all the systems and organizations that don't serve any longer, that are antiquated and need to be replaced. And this is one of those places. It, it is far past time for us to all recognize and act like we are one, that we are one the human family, we are one expression of humanity on this planet, and uh, and I believe now more than ever we're being called to that. And there's plenty to do, and so, you know, we, we kind of talked about what's mine to do. Trust me, there's plenty to do, and you can find something, and yeah. that's what we all have to be committed to. We, we've tried to give a couple of suggestions and things that we're personally looking at to, to further this education and involvement and how do we have an equal playing field for everybody who wants to play the game. You know, it's like you wouldn't think of playing Monopoly and not getting your $1,500 at the beginning of the game to go around the board because if you don't, pretty soon you're going to be out the game and on the sidelines. And we want everybody to be in the game and on the playing field. Yeah. So there's plenty to do. We just got to make up our mind that we want to do it and even more that is worth doing. And I think it's worth doing. Amen. Well, there you have it, folks. I would agree 100%. I think it's worth doing. And each of us is being called to find what is ours to do in this great healing that is happening right now on planet Earth here in America, specifically around our race relations. It still ain't black and white, and that's a good thing. We're all moving through this together, and we are all in this together, and I look forward to continuing to share the journey. Quick message, please remember that we are supported, we are sponsored 
by the New Thought Media Network, ntmedia.org. Check out their website. Uh, great group of people bringing forth a great selection of New Thought Media across a variety of media streams. So thank you to everyone over there. Uh, Z, we've about run out of time. We might have to come back and have an episode three on this. I don't know. We'll see what uh, what the winds bring and what spirit brings. But uh, it's always great to be with you, brother. And I love uh, love connecting with you. And same here. Well, thank you. And uh, we'll say to everybody listening, thank you for being with us. Until next week, peace and blessings. Peace and blessings. And thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ministers Talking We'll be back again next week with more commentary on current affairs, world events, and any other our ministers want to talk about. And if you found value here, please share our with your friends. Until next time, peace and blessings.